Ahoy, ahoy. Hello. Welcome to the Escalator to Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I'm learning. And we are marching our way through the entirety of the series and have made it to season one, episode 11, The Crepes. You just leaned way in. I the, was waiting for you to finish so I could say something. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, the Crepes of Wrath. I thought you were going to say the name of the episode. Oh, no, sorry. The Crepes of Wrath. Excellent. Can, I was going to ask you, can you feel it? Feel what? Being so close to the end of season one. Uh, yeah, I can. I can feel it. <laughs> I, I definitely can. Although, you know, uh, this was supposed to be the final episode yes, of season is, one. which is a great segue because I have stats. Oh. And by have... stats, I mean information. Uh-huh. Because the production code for this episode was 7G13. Uh-huh. Um, it was written by... George Meyer, Sam Simon, John Schwartzwelder, and John Biddy, mm-hmm. directed by Wesley Archer and Milton Gray, and aired on April 15th, 1990. Hope you did your taxes. April, oh, no. The tax monster is coming <laughs> to get you. That's a Futurama reference. I did not know that. See you April 16th, folks. <laughs> And so, before we get started, we have a couple of things that we need to get through. First of all, we want to make sure that we give a nice shout out to our friend Scott. Hi, Scott. Scott. Hi. Thanks for reaching out to us, Scott. We're uh, excited that you are enjoying the podcast. And Scott provided us with more evidence that Springfield actually is on the West Coast. We've talked about a lot of things. I did not see this. Yeah, so we've talked about a lot of things. um, But he pointed out that the sign over at the church, uh, as they were exiting, said that there would be a Reno retreat. Oh. Indicating. I did see this. This was a while ago. I get, okay. uh Uh-huh. So if you're going on a church retreat, chances are good you're not getting on an airplane, which means they're probably going to be driving to Reno, which is close to the West Coast coast this so. is more and more becoming a hill i'm willing to die on <laughs> is it yeah springfield is in oregon uh-huh mm-hmm. so actually that that that's a good thing another good segue look at us we are Segway machines oh, today we, we are that's right so uh i have a bad thing to say i'm sorry to say to our listeners oops i fucked up i'm sorry oops we fucked up yeah my bad uh i fucked up because i said in a recent episode that four finger discount was in fact a facebook group that i was a part of uh, not a podcast as it turns out it is a podcast and not only is it a podcast it is a very popular (laughs) simpsons podcast (laughs) So thank you everybody for showing him the error of his ways. As it turns out, I actually, uh, <laughs> as it turns out, I actually am a member of the Four Finger Discount Facebook group. Right. Uh, I just thought that it was a Facebook group and nothing further. By the way, we also started our own Facebook page. So if you want to go ahead and head o- head on over there and like us, you can just search. Escalator, escalator to Nowhere, nowhere. podcast, yeah, and our, it should pop up. Our handle is the same as our Instagram, Escalator to Nowhere Pod. Um, so you should join our Facebook group while you're while you're at it. We did not script this, by the way. We were just firing on all cylinders today. Apparently. We are one hundred. We also have another. Oops, I fucked up. We uh huh. Kate um, fucked up. I fucked up. Oops, you uh, fucked up. <laughs> I said there were something like fifty-two or fifty-four Springfields in the United States, mm-hmm. which means there's more than one Springfield per state. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. There are about thirty-four, or thirty-five cities named Springfield, but there are fifty-plus communities, communities named Springfield. Wait. So, 
is this just getting into like the difference between like a town and a city? I don't think so. I, I took it to mean like subdivisions named Springfield. I don't know. Are we just talking about like retirement homes named <laughs> Springfield? <laughs> Yes. Like the Springfield Retirement Castle? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, the the number of Springfields in this country is a little bit nebulous at this point. However, um, there's not more than one Springfield in certain states. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, that being said, there's an awful lot of Springfields, Springfields still around. Uh, and uh, I bet a whole bunch of them are on the West Coast to include Springfield, Oregon. Oregon. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So, you know, just... Just putting that out there. Yes. Uh, the only evidence at this point that I can see is the one that I keep bringing up that Springfield borders Kentucky. Uh, the only evidence that would suggest it's not on the West Coast. But True, but I don't, I don't know that. And we also talked about Manifest Destiny earlier. And you know what? It was all Virginia at one point. So suck it every other state. Wow. That is, or Commonwealth. That's especially the other <laughs> Commonwealth, one of which was part of Virginia at one point. Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. take that. <laughs> I, I wasn't born here. I don't know why I'm so invested in this. <laughs> you live with me. That's why. <laughs> so we are here. Season one, episode 11, The Crepes of Wrath. And uh, we open up with the usual season one uh, intro. Uh, very mountainous Springfield, and we come up on Bart, who is writing on the chalkboard, uh, as usual. And the chalkboard mm-hmm. says, "Garlic gum is not fun uh, or funny." Not funny, yeah, not yeah, funny, yeah. And you know what that made me think of? The gum that turned your tongue blue. <laughs> the prank gum? No, oh. no, no. Okay. No, uh, I did halfway though think about the bacon gum that I had some years ago that was just awful. Uh, it just tasted like liquid smoke and salt. <laughs> Oh, liquid smoke, you say? Uh huh. Um, put some of that in your waffles. You're, you're out of this world, moon waffles. That's right. <laughs> very good. Um, no, I was thinking about uh, that time that I made Caitlin try a durian flavored <laughs> wafer. <laughs> yes. So, so I too just thought of that. Ah, yeah. So uh, several years ago. Um, my friend Joe, who we mentioned, I think on the last podcast, his wedding, uh, huh, uh, and your dent in your butt. And the, you yes, that's right. And the dent in my butt. Yes. Um, uh, my friend Joe was working as a manager at a, uh, supermarket deli and he was working with an Asian woman who had some durian flavored wafers. Now, if you are not familiar with durian, let me just go ahead and say real quick and uh, simple. It is the world's stinkiest fruit. It is renowned as the world's smelliest fruit. I have never actually smelled it myself, but as I understand, it really smells like just awful, smelly, cheesy feet, like that kind of stink. Um, if you go into, say, a um, an Asian grocery store, they often will have it and they keep it in freezers because it stinks so bad. So apparently, like, you know, it's pretty delightful to eat um, and it's popular in some countries, but uh, it, it is known and recognized pretty much everywhere that it really stinks. Like, uh, I've seen signs on some, like, Asian countries' metros, uh, their undergrounds, you know, uh, that have like the little cross, the X over the durian fruit. You know? <laughs> You're not allowed to bring that in here. It's sort of like the uh, microwaving tuna fish <laughs> at work. <laughs> at work. Uh-huh. You want to hear something funny? What's that? So you're you're familiar with my office building that I work in, mm-hmm. and you're. I don't know if you're as familiar as the bathroom that I regularly use, which. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't, you know, I can't say that. Wait. I Wait, is it the one down the hall? The single one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where yes. it is. Um, so around lunchtime, if you go and use that bathroom, mm-hmm. you can smell what people are having for lunch because of the ventilation oh, system. Oh, weird. And, and, and guys, the, 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 this bathroom is very far away from our break room. Mm. So I don't yeah, understand it, how that's happening yeah. in a building that has They're not even extra, on the same floor. They're not on the same floor. <laughs> and this building has extra special like ventilation and HVAC and whatnot because of the nature of my job. Um, so yeah. Yeah, wow. it's like, well, somebody's having Italian today. That's crazy. And you know what's even worse is like, Microwaved food never smells good no. like stove food. Mm-mm. Like we no. have a, we have a soup that's rolling in the house right now. We got so a soup cooking beef baby vegetable soup. It smells really good in the house. Made some uh, Italian meatballs, some turkey Italian meatballs last night. That's true. That smelled really good as well. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't matter how good they smell. Like when you put that thing in the microwave, it's not gonna t- it's not gonna smell as good. Exactly. You know what it's gonna smell like? It'll re- it, it it always to me smells like my grandma my mama's refrigerator that always had leftovers in the country crock tubs <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean my mom's refrigerator that has yeah, pretty much yeah, yeah you grab anything out of that refrigerator you think you're getting butter you think you're getting sour cream you think you're getting whatever always leftovers uh we all everybody knows uh caitlin that the interior of your mother's refrigerator is just stockpiled full of chinese takeout <laughs> uh boxes that have been repurposed <laughs> they got chinese takeout last night did they <laughs> Of, I knew it. <laughs> my mom brought it home while I was talking to my dad on the phone. <laughs> I knew it. So uh, we are at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, we got to do the synopsis. That's right. Oh, good call. Thank you. Thank you. I, rem- I wrote down the other two things. And I didn't write that down. The synopsis from the Simpsons uh, wiki on fandom. Uh, we'll provide a link to the page if you'd like to take a look for yourself. It says, when Bart flushes a cherry bomb down the toilet, Principal Skinner suggests that he should partake in a foreign exchange scheme. Bart is transferred to France working for criminals that spike wine with antifreeze. Meanwhile, back in Springfield, Adil Hoxha, an Albanian boy, is exchanged to the Simpsons to receive, uh, to receive in the scheme, shows an interest in the power plant, and sends information back to the Albanian government. This one's actually pretty thorough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of touches on everything. Yep. So I think that we... Uh, no, that 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 is a good synopsis. So we're ready to get started. We we was there anything else in the uh, opening sequence that you wanted to point out? Uh, no. Super. So we come to the opening slides of the show, which is Bart coming home from school. Yeah, to talk to his frog. Yeah, he walks in. I I, I didn't I understand. I know why. I think I know why. Oh really? I'm pretty sure I know why. I I well I I was gonna say like I didn't I didn't understand what he said. He walks in and says uh. I'm froggy. I'm home. I think is what he says. Yeah. Froggy. I'm home. I have a fly for you. Blah uh-huh. blah blah. Well, it, I it, the frog is foreshadowing because he's about to be sent to France. Oh, oh, some of that A plus A plus season one writing coming through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyways, he's going. The use of foreshadowing. Yeah, oh. but, but it, it as as he's going up to his room to mm-hmm. say hello to his frog, he's divesting himself of all sorts of crap, including yep. his skateboard, like mm-hmm. his book bag. Mm-hmm. His, he's just throwing it on the he ground. He drops his lucky red hat on the floor too, doesn't he? 
I'm pretty sure. I think he does. Um, I, I I need to make a confession before we go any farther in this. Uh oh. I've got I've got a confession. To, I've got a confession to make. <laughs> I two things. One, we actually watched this episode twice because we were going to record the other day after watching it, and we were having issues with our. Uh, recorder we think and i was very grumpy about it caitlin was pretty grumpy about it but that's okay i was it was more by the fact that we just were having issues with the recorder yeah uh so hopefully we won't have any skips knock on wood that's me knocking on the table and second of all i was going to say i was going to say that um i if you would have asked me before we watched it this time around i would have told you that i hated this episode I really, I remember seeing it years ago and I haven't watched it in years because all I remember is that I just really hated this episode. Uh, and this was before, like, I was even aware of like the difference between season one and the golden years or whatever, you know, like I just, I just knew that I hated it. How uh, old were you the first time you watched it? I think, you know, I'm starting to think more and more that I actually watched these as they aired. As they aired? Yeah. Okay. Because I just have, I have. I what? could see that. I could see how you would not like this episode watching it as a child. Well, it's kind of a scary it's episode. Scary. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, f- like foreign exchange and uh, being sent to a different country and then uh-huh. being treated poorly. It's, it's not great. I, you know, it's so weird to me, like. How when I was a little kid, like, well, I guess it's not also weird that what I'm saying is like when I was a little kid, I was terrified, absolutely terrified of scary movies, scary things. Like I would find things to be scary that weren't intended to be scary necessarily. You know, that was 100% me as well. But like, you know, <laughs> even as an adult, like I, I enjoy horror movies, but and I enjoy going to like spook houses, you know that and all that kind of stuff. But like, I still get very nervous about doing those right. things. Um, and so I don't know. Anyways, all, all that is just to say that I wanted to say out loud that if you had asked me before we watched these, that I would have told you that this was probably my least, and I mean this, probably my least favorite episode that I have ever seen. Wow. Uh, and I have seen not a lot, but some of the very recent seasons, um, to include at least one episode of the most recent season. So, mm-hmm. uh, which I absolutely did not like at all, Right. but I still would have said perhaps just for nostalgia. When he says we watched the episode, we watched about mm, 10 minutes of it, maybe. Oh, you mean the uh, most recent season episode? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know the name of it. It's the one where Mr. Burns puts on the fake like bodysuit or whatever and like pretends to be like one of the nuclear power plant workers. Ooh. Oh, I don't, I don't. Okay. I think we're thinking about different things anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's get back to like what, what's the matter at hand. So right? a Bart is, he's thrown all, all his stuff on the floor. His yes. room is absolutely just horrendous. a mess. If uh-huh. you were British, you would call it a tip. It's not good. Oh, that's a Britishism. A tip? I think so. Now I'm second guessing myself. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here she she get on the computer now. So Bart is uh, he walks in. His room is a mess, and he feeds his frog some flies. Um, and then Homer walks out into the hallway and sees Bart's stuff all over the floor. Here we go. The definition of I, I googled a tip uh-huh. British slang. Okay. And the act or an instance of tipping. Okay. Okay. 
Number two, this is the chiefly British def- definition. Uh-huh. A place for depositing something, such as rubbish, by dumping. That's what he's doing. Wow. Yeah. I guess all that Benny Hill you've been watching is really paying off. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> uh, so anyways, yeah, his, his, his room is like just crazy right just and homer is out on the hall and sees all of his crap all over the floor yeah. and starts to sort of pick up some of the stuff to include a doll that sounds like crusty mm-hmm. and sort of looks it like it looks like crusty hey yeah it kind of looks it's like one crusty. of the ones with the string in the back much more generic clown right. look about it with crusty I, features i just I assumed say. it was meant to be crusty I, I i mean i'm guessing it is uh he does not however see bart's skateboard which is sitting right in front of the top of the stairs he steps on said skateboard and, and falls down the stairs down he goes with uh with with what was you know in truth a really great falling sound sequence, and thump 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 thump, and then down he goes. He's at the bottom of the stairs, laying on the ground, and we discover in this moment that Homer has a trick back. Yep, because <laughs> he says, "Oh, my trick back." <laughs> I mean, he did just fall down an entire flight of stairs, so if he didn't have a trick back. And still had hurt himself, I would have believed it. It could have been that sort of thing, like where he like had a trick back, fell, it was cured halfway down the stairs, and then when he landed on the bottom, he it was it was uh, a trick back again. There you go. Sort of like a, a Blinken style, you know, from Men in Tights falling out of the tree, standing up, and he can. Caitlin is shaking her head with I've wide eyes. I've never seen Men in Tights. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that is a ridiculous thing to say. But it's true. How? Oh, oh, this is the woman who also is like, oh, I didn't like space balls. I didn't like space balls. That is also ridiculous. I don't like Star Wars. What do you want? Oh, well. Bring it. I'm not talking about Star Wars. Come at me, nerds. Hey. (laughs) Hey, at least Star Wars. Like, if you don't like Star Wars, there's like legitimate reasons why somebody wouldn't like Star Wars. Fair enough. Uh, But these Mel Brooks comedies are gold. Okay. I didn't know that was Mel Brooks. Men in Tights is Mel Brooks. Oh my God! <laughs> Wait, Wait. Are you seriously uh-uh. looking that up? Are you looking that up on the computer right now, Caitlin? I'm ending this podcast. <laughs> well, it was nice knowing you guys. We are, we are, we are calling a therapist because I'm not sure I can get past this. <laughs> I, I honestly, I learned something today because I did not know that that was a Mel Brooks movie. Oh my God. Sorry. He's in the movie. Which is, which is hilarious because my dad loves Mel Brooks. Oh, man. He loves Blazing Saddles. I've never seen it, but he loves it. Oh, man. We, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm taking this opportunity to announce Robert and Caitlin's spinoff podcast, the Mel Brooks series. <laughs> we're watching all of these fucking movies, and we're going to comment the whole time about how great they are. Can we also watch Anne Brancroft movies? Because I do like her. Who's that? His wife! Oh, really? Mel Brooks' wife. Well, she's dead, but... Oh. Uh, Anne Bancroft, man, man. The Graduate. Oh, I've seen that. Okay. There's references to The Graduate and The Simpsons. Is she the lady that was trying to seduce him? Yes. Ah. You're trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson. Yes. Uh-huh. That's Mel Brooks' wife. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. They were married for a very long time. Well. And then she died. And we, now they're not married anymore. We learned something today. We did. We're... <laughs> Welcome and to look, our educational like, podcast. We've made it like 15 seconds into the show. We're doing a great job. <laughs> I know. So, okay, Homer falls down What's the stairs. What's our recording time right now? Damn, which 20 minutes in? <laughs> Homer falls down the stairs, and uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
he's like, help me. And then nothing happens. Uh And then Santa's little helper comes in. Yes. In a very classic Santa's little helper way, he comes over and you think he wants, Homer wants him to be lassie, but he's just not lassie. He's not lassie. And I noticed something like, because there's like an overhead shot of Uh Homer laying on the floor and Santa's little helper like runs over. That dog looks tiny. He's a greyhound. Greyhounds are not tiny. Maybe he's but little... then the perspective's off. Is yeah, all I'm well, saying. there is that. This is mm-hmm. sort of, oh, we're back to cats, aren't we? Yep. Talk, talking about <laughs> how the perspective was off that whole movie. At one point, they're wearing human shoes like normal, and then, like, they're sitting in the shoes. And what the fuck? <laughs> Welcome to the Escalator of Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast, but also an anti cats, the movie podcast. You're damn right. <laughs> God, that was awful. Yeah, it was really bad. But anyway, so Santa's little helper runs over to him and is like, Homer wants him to save him. And he just kind of lays down and snuggles licks with his, him. Yeah, he licks his face and then lays down yeah. on him. <laughs> and then like... But then the, Maggie the, the, comes over. In the meantime, the crusty doll is saying whatever he's saying. Oh, yeah. I want to play with you. Yeah. And, I want to play with you. And, and it's supposed to be like hours have passed yep maggie which, has come over the cat has come over the cat has snowball's come over. come over yeah snowball too mm-hmm. has come over they're they're like all at, at one point <laughs> maggie takes her pacifier out and puts it in uh homer's mouth as to be like please shut up uh-huh. and then they're all sleeping now the fact that home or i'm not homer the fact that bart is oblivious to bart apparently is the only other one home at this moment mm-hmm. the fact that he is oblivious to that is baffling to me, but it, it helps set up the episode. Yeah, it would so. seem that he would have heard something. Right? He, your father, your 239-pound father falling down the stairs? Probably. You, You'd you, probably hear something. Although, you know, if he's a very cool uh, 90s kid, he's probably you know, sitting in there with his boombox blaring. Maybe, he, maybe he's got his um, Walkman on. This is 19... Oh, yeah, he probably does. Yeah, yep. I got the old Walkman on. Good, yeah. good call. Yeah. yeah. Listening to Millie Vanilli or Crisscross. <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, around about that time, if I went to the skating rink, man, that's what was on. I don't think I ever went skating when I was this young. I'm, what? I thought you would have. T- I thought you told me that you'd gone skating a whole bunch when you were a kid. I went ice skating a lot when I was little, but I wasn't like four. I was like ten. Oh, we were thinking about this in a different context. See, I was thinking about oh. like being six or seven and going. Okay. I thought you meant, you said at this time, which I was like, April 15, 1990. April 26, 1992. There was a riot on the street. Tell me, where were you? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> oh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Marge and Lisa come home. They do, and they're like, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. They didn't say that, but they were like, Lisa what the said hap-? that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> And Marge, uh, they don't show them helping Homer get up. You assume that, I guess. Yeah, they don't. And Marge runs up and yells at Bart. Marge has the... Oh, yeah. Yep, there they go. Yeah. And comes upstairs and yells at Bart and says, if you would have cleaned your room when I asked you to, your father's trick back would still be in line. Yeah, which is kind of baffling to me because Homer did not fall in Bart's room. Homer fell in the hallway where uh-huh. Bart threw all his shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marge. Uh, the better line would have been, had you cleaned up after yourself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Listen up, George Meyer, Sam Simon, John Schwartzwalder, and John Vitti. That would have been the better line, but you you didn't write it that way. So here we are. So here we are. 
two Simpsons experts, <laughs> two two fans of a show complaining about the show. <laughs> exactly. That, what else is new? That never happens. Um, so anyway, uh, at at the end of the day, uh, Bart, uh, while he was cleaning up his room after uh, his mother has left the space, is throwing everything into the closet, and yep. he comes across a box, a cigar box, it looks like, mm-hmm. that has something in it. What is it? A non-butthole-looking cherry bomb. <laughs> Correct. Unlike that cloud. Unlike that cloud that in looked that like other a finger episode, was going into the butthole. The telltale head. Uh-huh. There's he just finds a cherry bomb. A cherry bomb, that's right. And exactly. uh, he realizes that he's uh, not blown all the cherry bombs that he had up already so he takes it to school of course as one does as you do now uh it should be noted uh if there are any children listening to this turn this off (laughs) (laughs) uh but that being said you cannot take cherry bombs to school anymore yeah don't do that you will get expelled immediately did you ever um did you have instances of stink bombs at your school? Uh, <laughs> Did you set off a stink bomb at your school? No. One okay. of the senior pranks while I was at school was that somebody found a cat, a dead cat, and no. threw it onto the roof, and it stank oh, up no. an inner corridor so bad that we couldn't eat lunch there. Oh. <laughs> well, did you know the person that did that? Uh, I, I'm sure that I did. I mean, I, I went to a small school, I so did, even right? though I, it, I was in middle school when this happened, uh, and even though you know this person was would have been like five, six years older than me, oh, okay. uh, I, I'm sure I, I knew thought who they it were. might have been one of your friends. Oh no 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 okay. no! No, our senior prank, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> our our senior prank. Uh, I was going to say he was not, not listening to this, but he did listen to one of the he episodes. Did. He sure did. And he told us about, he wasn't going to listen until season three. By the way, Travis, I stand by my statement. Um, uh, Call of the Simpsons was not a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> he got real mad about it. Did he? Oh yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, our senior prank was significantly lamer. <laughs> oh okay. We put Vaseline on the handrails. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. That's it. That's what we did. Well, that's better than my senior prank, which was nothing. We did not do senior pranks. Oh, nothing at all. That huh? was not. Yeah. Um, we we did have an issue when I was in high school with uh, chair uh, not cherry bombs, um, stink bombs uh-huh. in the boys' bathroom during class breaks. Make sure it was stink bombs. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't, somebody needed to go to the doctor because it stake up the entire oh like, commons of our, our school. Sarah, are you okay? Exactly. Exactly. So I was just wondering. You know, the, I got to say cherry bombs is another one of those things. When I was a kid, I thought I'd be dealing with a lot more. I, I'm, I don't think I 100% understand what they actually are. They're just little fireworks. Uh, cherry bombs and uh, and M80s. I thought I would be dealing with a lot more. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. Uh, these are the kind of fire- fireworks that people really like blow their hands off or fingers off with because, you know, they're small. They fit easily like in the palm of your hand. Right. You light it off. And if fire. you wait too long to throw yeah. it, that's bad news. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Bart Bart takes a stink bomb to school. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb to school. Uh-huh. <laughs> and goes into oh, well before he does it's that about he's, to be he's a stink stand, bomb. It is about to be a stink bomb. Am I right? He is standing outside uh, with Millhouse, Richard, and Lewis. Yes, who and, are named in this episode? I think for the first time. Yeah, yeah. He he outright says their names. There's because a real Jim's episode about them. 
about Richard and Lewis, mm-hmm. which is how I knew their names before they were named. Mm-hmm. Thanks, YouTube. And and thanks, Will James. <laughs> <laughs> now that's somebody who's probably not listening to this. That's true. <laughs> mm. um, anyway, so uh, Mr. Uh, excuse me, Principal Skinner is out in the yard, the schoolyard, and he's walking around with our first appearance of... Mrs. Agnes Skinner, mother of Seymour Skinner. Yes, whoever Seymour Skinner might actually be. Uh, She is walking around, and she but she calls him something. Spanky. Uh What the fuck? Yeah, she calls him Spanky, and she's like nice, which is weird. This is what I wrote down about this. Uh, I wrote down um, Agnes is awful sweet. Yeah. <laughs> she she definitely has like your classic grandma old lady vibe yeah. going on about so, her. So, and as they're walking, they come across these four kids mm-hmm. and they're, you know, talking to them. And then he introduces her to them, which is how we know Richard and Lewis's names. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, and, and this is Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, Bart Simpson, the one you're always yammering on about? And yeah, is this the Bart Simpson you're always talking about? Exactly. Uh-huh. And she goes, but he looks so sweet. And he goes, I am, ma'am. Yep. Uh, he is actually very polite in that moment. He is. Uh, uh, this is something that, you know, we, we sort of have not touched on. We've already talked about it before, but, I mean, Bart uh, has has a genuine sweetness about him. He is a mischievous kid, but he's not an evil child. Right, exactly. Um, and so... He's not a he's not a Nelson. Like, he's not a... To- I, you, you know, know I, you know what? Nelson has some sweetness about him too. He there. does, but we haven't seen it up we, until this point. That's true. Um, he's, he's, he's definitely not like Jimbo, right? right. He's not a Jimbo, Kearney or Dolph. Uh, and, uh, anyway, so, uh, the boys, uh, after looking, uh, very innocent in front of Mrs. Skinner, uh, Agnes, uh, they then go into the boys' bathroom where Bart, is going to throw uh, throw a cherry bomb into his cherry bomb. Yeah, and he says, "What can I say? I have a heart for the classics. I have a love for the classics. Something along oh, those I, lines." I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and this I may, you know see like this is why I think I may have seen this like in first run because I just grew up thinking that people threw cherry bombs into All the right. toilet, and I actually remember uh, I must have been talking to father about this. Uh, talking about throwing a cherry bomb into a toilet with father. Mm. And father would be like, oh, you don't want to do that. That'll destroy the pipes. <laughs> right. Well, and boy, does it. Because uh-huh. when he throws that cherry bomb and he flushes it, all shit breaks loose. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Excellent work. Um, so he threw... So but we, we don't before, want to we, before he does that. We don't want to forget, right? Exactly. That uh, Agnes has gone into the girls, uh, the little literal little girls' room, mm-hmm. uh, to quote unquote powder her nose. She doesn't say that, but um, <laughs> anyway, she is on the she's on the shitter uh-huh. <laughs> uh, when Bart flushes the cherry bomb, and of course, it blows water out of all the toilets sky high to include the one upon which Agnes is sitting. Yeah. And Bart and his friends run out of the bathroom and Principal Skinner is standing caught right red handed. Yep, in the moment. Exactly. So uh this this prompts a scene shift mm-hmm. to the Simpsons living room. Yep. Where Homer is laying on the sofa mm-hmm. in his robe. In his robe. With his little bell, mm-hmm. presumably, which Marge gave him to be like, oh, you're hurt. If mm-hmm. you need me, ring this bell. And uh-huh. so he's, of course, ding a ling a ling in it yep. all over. Yep. And he, she comes in. She's like, what do you want? And he's like, I would like a grilled cheese, please. 
made extra thin so the outside is crispy Mm -hmm. the the sausages in the can and fruit cocktail in syrup heavy 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 syrup syrup. i was gonna say thick syrup that's not right in in heavy heavy in heavy syrup he may as well have ordered a daggum a single plum floating in perfume (laughs) served in a man's hat Uh, but like that's i feel like that's such a childish thing to want but then i think about my own requests when i'm sick or hurt and i'm like Uh i would like a grilled cheese (laughs) well at that time i mean in fairness i make you grilled cheeses with regularity anyway so it's true and they're very delicious thank you sweetheart or or midnight sandwiches oh yeah that's with the ham on it Uh uh-huh okay by the way what do you call a ham and cheese grilled sandwich i call them midnight sandwiches i call it a grilled ham and cheese that's that's not that's not any fun (laughs) (laughs) well i mean you know why it's because i uh grew up close to the original chick-fil-a and at the original chick-fil-a they call a grilled ham and cheese sandwich a midnight sandwich well there you go there's your answer i did not do that so Mm -hmm. therefore i called it what it is a grilled ham and cheese correct Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's like 30 seconds of dead air moving on (laughs) So where are we? Where are we in the story? We're uh, we're at the point where Homer is requesting these things of Marge. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, tell yeah. Marge is kind of at her wits end because her husband's like laying on the sofa, uh-huh. dinging his belt, presumably at all hours of the day, of mm-hmm. the day and night. And then another bell rings. The doorbell rings. Yep. And Homer's on the sofa and he's like, Marge, the doorbell. And then mm-hmm. he opens it up and it's Skinner. Yep. With Bart. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Bart runs in. There's been an incident at school. Skinner comes in. Bart's like, I'll see you later. And he runs up to his room. Yep, I'm out of here, man. Yeah. Up the stairs. And so Skinner comes in and essentially says, I think that we are beyond discipline here. I think that we are beyond expulsion. We need to deport him. Uh And Bart's just like, what? (laughs) Send him out of the country? This, by the way, is another thing as a child I thought you would have to deal with more more frequently. Deportation. Well, I mean, we don't as... What I mean is that if you were a naughty child, you would get kicked out of the country. I also thought the foreign exchange programs would play more of a role in my life. Play more of a role in my life. Yeah, that's true. Did you ever have any foreign exchange students at your school? Uh, you know what? The only <laughs> the only foreign exchange student I ever had an interaction with was actually at scout camp. Oh, okay. He was a kid from France. Okay. His name was Philippe. Okay. And we all called him Felipe. <laughs> and he hated that shit. Of course he did. <laughs> and of course being uh young young boys 12 and 13 years old, the only thing we wanted to do with Felipe was teach him how to cuss like an American. <laughs> And so, like we we taught him to sh- we taught him to say "fuck you, fuck you," <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that was very funny. Yeah, I I remember having an exchange. Well, we never hosted an exchange student, but I do remember a few. Mm-hmm. And I remember one was staying with my friend, and she wasn't really my. Was she my friend? She was like a friend of a friend. Uh-huh. So I would hang out with her occasionally. And she was a couple years old of, older than us. So she would like drive and stuff. So right. that, that was pretty sweet. But um, she had the, the girl that stayed with her was from Germany. And I just remember her, the, the girl I knew, talking to this girl very slowly. Oh, yeah. And it was 
embarrassing. <laughs> That'll was, get. Yeah, it was embarrassing. If I say the words louder and slower. We will go to lunch now. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Yikes. Thank you. I speak English. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, anyways, so, Homer uh, or, um, Skinner comes in and proposes the idea of sending Bart to France on an exchange program. On an exchange program, uh-huh. he will stay at Chateau, Chateau Maison. Maison. It's very nice. He shows everybody a picture, mm-hmm. and um, they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, we got to bring Bart into this conversation." So Bart comes downstairs. Well, so it's 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 Marge, right? It's only Marge who says we need to talk to Bart about True. this first. Uh, although I have to say, I wrote down Marge seems rather on board yeah and skinner actually just seems to assume that homer and marge will be on board with this true and i think marge goes up to get bart Mm -hmm. and while she's doing that um homer and skinner are commiserating in the living room and homer's like he drives me crazy 12 months out of the year at least you get summers (laughs) off (laughs) And this is sort of like a sort of like a acknowledgement of you know you've got it worse than me by Skinner, whom just goes, hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then also uh, before Marge gets to Bart's room, he's talking to the frog mm-hmm. in the jar, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh yeah, uh, you know, he's like, you have it so great, the a life fr- of a frog, a frog's life oh, for yeah. me. Yeah. Oh yeah, which yeah, yeah. is where the foreshadowing with the frog comes in. Oh, there it is, because. And I, I looked this up to see if it was derogatory. I don't know that it is, but like a common phrase for French people is to call them frogs. Let's call them frogs, yeah. Yeah. It's because they eat frog legs. It's because they eat frog legs, and apparently it's like a World War II era nickname for French people. Hmm, interesting. So I think Bart keeping the frog is therefore kind of telling as to mm-hmm. what he's in for. Well, uh, she comes in, and I thought they missed an opportunity for a good gag here. Uh, because I, I I fully expected this gag to 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 um, appear before my eyes, like in, as part of the show, when Marge says, uh, "What do you think about going to France?" and he goes, "France," and I just assumed that he would like drift off into thoughts about what France would right. be like, and it would be <laughs> absolutely you know nothing at all like what France is right. like even in real life. But that did not happen, so. Uh, I miss a joke. Write that one down. Send that to the to the writers, Caitlin. <laughs> okay. Along I with will. our list. John Vitti, get ready. We are not a crackpot. <laughs> and and uh, anyway, so Bart seems on board. Marge comes downstairs and see, says Marge is in or Bart is enthused. Yeah, and they're like, oh, so we'll get a little kid from France, and and Skinner's like, well, no, you'll get somebody from Albania, mm-hmm. which is weird, but okay. Um, yeah, it hardly seems like an exchange, does it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. It's how, a trade, but not really. Yeah. Uh, however, that being said, here we have a moment, and we need to have a serious talk here. Okay. We have a Grandpa Joe moment. If you heard that sound, that was our dog snoring. <laughs> uh, we have a Grandpa Joe moment here. Where Homer, who supposedly is bedridden, oh, he just gets up, just like Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That Willy piece Wonka of the shit, that's human right, being. that turd, that real turd, 
whose family is struggling while he lays in bed. <laughs> and as soon as his grandson has a ticket to the Dagum Chocolate Factory, hops up and starts singing and dancing. Yep. Here we have Homer when Bart agrees and Marge agrees, who jumps out of the couch and jumps again and high fives Principal Skinner. And by the way, Bart's just kind of standing there watching them high five each other in jubilation <laughs> at the notion that he's going to be gone for three months. Pretty much. So we then cut, right? We cut to the next scene. Bart is about to get onto the, at airport. the airport. Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, you know, we, we get the, the regular goodbyes, goodbye, goodbye. Uh, the presumably flight attendant or pilot comes over and says, are you part of the charter? And Bart says, I am. And he takes Bart and literally throws he, like, him. chucks him into yeah, the plane. Literally throws him into the plane. But I wrote down, uh, after they showed the interior of the charter flight, that is one crowded ass charter it, flight. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like that place, that thing, that plane is packed. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. I'm just saying that if I'm on a charter it's flight. It's not like a private jet. It's just like a, a charter. I mean, I've been on a charter bus and had the bus be full. Yeah. Uh, it just was. I've an, been on a charter flight before. That was a charter flight. We had to make an emergency landing. When were you on a charter flight? When I went to Ireland for the first time. Oh, why were you on a charter? It was, uh, we had booked through a travel agency. I was like 10 at the time and we had booked a, a through a travel agency mm -hmm. and my mom was like, these, char these flights aren't chartered, are they? And the travel agent was like, oh no, of course not. And then it turns out it was a freaking charter flight, <laughs> but we also, it was, um, American trans air, which is no longer in existence. I don't think. Mm, no. And, uh, it was right after the TWA uh, flight 800 blew up uh, over the Long Island Sound. We had gotten on this flight and they were like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have to make an emergency landing in Gander, Newfoundland, oh. uh, which is what Come From Away is about. <laughs> and yes, it is. Yeah. Actually, so yeah. Anyway, that, that flight, the, the flight where we had to make the emergency landing, it would have been fine otherwise, but uh -huh. it like turned out to be a colossal, like it was, it was really bad it was not a good travel experience <laughs> it was actually pretty scarring and uh yeah so that was a charter flight i was on oh well i'm sorry that you had a terrible flight but bart seemed to have a pretty nice flight <laughs> it turns out the reason we had to make the emergency landing was that the computer navigation system was down uh -huh. on the plane so they had to rechart the flight uh -huh. but nobody would tell us so we were all like is there a bomb on board because like literally the twa thing had happened like, yeah yeah a couple weeks beforehand. Uh -huh. So, um, anyway, yeah. Well, I'm very sorry to hear about <laughs> welcome that. Welcome to my welcome to my childhood trauma. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Caitlin going to the clown festival or oh, whatever the fuck some other time. <laughs> Bart lands Maybe. in Paris. He's getting pushed around in the airport. He sees a man holding his sign, a name on a sign. We we skipped over a very funny joke. Okay. Because when they ask, "Oh, we're gonna get a little boy from France." Skinner's like, no, you're going to get somebody from Albania. And mm -hmm. Homer goes, what? Are they all white with pink eyes? <laughs> Meaning albino. Uh-huh. It was funny. I like that one. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I just, it made me laugh out loud. So I thought I would uh, bring that up. Uh, so uh, Bart is in the uh, Paris 
air, airport, or presumably Charles de Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle. Or is, I don't even know if the airport was named Charles de Gaulle at that point. Uh-huh. Uh, but either way, uh, he uh, sees a sign with his name on it in a classic chauffeur-style fashion. He's like, that's me. And he's like, all right, let's go. And the t- very tall, thin Frenchman points towards a motorcycle yep. with a sidecar. Yep. Very cool way to travel. Yep. And then we get a pretty good gag. Yes. I would not say that it is a... I would, it's not a laugh out loud gag, but I still think a pretty clever gag. Right. That as they're driving from the airport to Chateau Maison, they pass by several very famous styles of French yes. artists' artwork. You get uh, Charles Monet. Uh huh. Um, hold on. It's on the wiki. Hold on. You get a Van Gogh. It. Yeah, you get a Van or Gogh. Or at least an, impre- an impressionist style uh, work. Yeah. Was there, a, uh, was there a Marguerite on there? Or Marguerite, I mean. Uh, there was definitely a Picasso. Yep, Picasso. Yeah, yep. Hold on, let me look. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I was looking in the totally wrong. Um, so you get a Claude Monet, you get a Van Gogh, mm-hmm. or Van Gogh, if you're Dutch, a Picasso, and a Manet. Manet. Yes. Um. I am not going to say the names of the paintings because I will totally butcher them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's very recognizable that they yes. are various artworks. Yes. Um, and anyway, as they uh, come up to Chateau Maison, it becomes very clear very quickly that this is not exactly what was promised by the brochure. Exactly. And, and even Bart says, what a dump. You should, you should, you should uh, have suspicions, I suppose, when you're looking at a place in France called Chateau Maison, which uh, means castle house yeah. house house yeah <laughs> uh and so at any rate um it looks like uh as they're approaching we see the other frenchman uh who is there with the mule maurice the mule's name is maurice maurice uh-huh the frenchman's names are cesar and the guy that picks him up from the airport is ugolin uh, U-G-O-L-I-N. And so he's talking to Maurice, uh, the fatter of the two, is talking to Maurice and yes. tells him that when the American boy gets here, all of his days of backbreaking work are finished. Yes. And in the meantime, we have a cut back to the Springfield Airport where they're presumably waiting for the foreign exchange student's mm-hmm. flight. And Lisa is reading facts about Albania. And she says... Several different things, but the one that stuck out me out to me the most is their flag. Mm-hmm. Or she like talks about their currency, which is called the lack, mm-hmm. I think. And then she says their flag is a two-headed eagle on a red ground. Mm-hmm. And why is that sticking out to you? Because the Olympics opening ceremony was last night, uh-huh. and Robert and I, as we were watching the Olympics opening ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> devised a grading system uh, for for flags uh-huh. as to their difficulty of drawing. Uh-huh. So therefore, the Albanian flag is a solid four on a scale of one to five. So one to, one to five. And the way that I was thinking, but we were thinking about this sort of differently, but I was we thinking were. about like one is obviously very easy to draw. So like Poland, the Polish flag, for yes. instance, uh, five would be impossible to draw. Um, like Spain or yeah, like something with one. some sort of intri- intricate like coat of arms yeah, or crest. Yeah. Like Spain, Mexico. Mm-hmm. I can't remember any of the other ones. Um, I, and then the ones in the middle, like a two for me is one that 
if you knew what I was trying to draw, you could look at and be like, oh yeah, that's what that is. A four for me, if if even if you knew what I was drawing, you'd look at that and be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then three uh, is just sort of a, that could go either way. I could either potentially have a, a, a good, a good, and then, you know, not being an artist, obviously, um, I could potentially have drawn something that was good or bad. But let me tell you something. When the Albanian team came out, mm-hmm. I was like, that's a four. That's four. And yeah. also a Simpsons related reference. Mm-hmm. Yep. A two headed um, eagle. Eagle. Yep. 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 Sorry, I, I got stuck thinking about the uh, Netherlands lion. The, the the difference between a Netherlands lion and a British lion, you know what it is? The way they face? The uh, Netherlands lion has two tails. Oh! The British lion only has one. It does? Yeah, and Caitlin's really surprised at this because I have a tattoo of the <laughs> Netherlands lion on my thigh. I have not paid attention to his Netherlands lion. Maybe, lion. My, my, maybe you should <laughs> Your pay nether more. regions. I should pay more attention to my nethers. <laughs> You might see uh, that. <laughs> okay. Well. No? well, I'd show it to you, but I'm sitting on the opposite side of the table from Caitlin. Indeed. So, there you go. Okay. And, I, lear- I learned two things today. Uh-huh. And one of them was about me, your husband and life partner, <laughs> as we approach our seventh anniversary. Uh, well, Se- seventh dating anniversary. Dating we're, anniversary. We're approaching our... We actually are sooner... Fourth. Our fourth anniversary. Yep. Uh, our... Uh, in... A couple of months, our fourth uh, wedding anniversary. Correct. Yep. So, anyways, um, we're 50 minutes into this podcast. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, we're going to move things along a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Amir, or excuse me, not a, Amir. A deal. A deal. So, we. Uh, for, l- l- hang on a second. We need, I do need to say that uh, during the course of this episode, watching it through the first time, I was having a hard time determining exactly what the name of this child was. They do show it on a banner or, uh, once he arrives in Springfield. Um, but it sounds like the Simpsons in particular, the Simpsons themselves like are calling him a meal or a Neil, a Neil or yeah. yeah, it does not sound like it's a, a little, deal. it's a little tricky, but it's definitely a deal. That's the name of uh, the Albanian child. And, uh, anyway, uh, uh, Bart is in France. A deal is in Springfield. Uh, when Bart is walking through Chateau Maison early on, he passes by something that I pointed out to Caitlin is very funny to us. He passes by a bunch of shocks of wheat because we like to cheer for the, uh, university, Wichita state, Wichita, yes, Wichita Wichita state, Wichita state shockers. Shockers. (laughs) So if you get it, you get it. I guess if uh, I, I, you know, YK. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, bu- bu- bu. So, can we <laughs> can yes. you take an unprecedented moment okay and um before we carry on with this episode we're gonna take a break oh do we are we taking a break yes oh okay and we're back and we're back and we have the princess that is a spaceballs joke you would get it if you had seen and enjoyed spaceballs <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I thought you were calling me a princess for a minute, and okay. I was like, well, if the shoe fits, uh, oh. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. We've talked about uh, how we drink beer as we record. Yeah. And Tell everybody how your pee was. And your girl had to go to the bathroom. How was it? It was great. Uh-huh. Yeah. You want to use a classic, you want to use a classic line from my father? Did everything come out all right? 
It did. Did you get all your paperwork done? Did. Uh huh. Okay. Thank you. All right. So uh, we are here at the exchange. The kids have been exchanged. Bart is at Chateau Maison, and Adir is. We've realized Chateau Maison is a shithole uh-huh. at this point. Chateau Chateau de Merde. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we see Anil, who mm-hmm. we've talked about his name. Adil, right? A deal. Sorry. <laughs> see, see, it really is confusing. It really it does is. sound like watching it th- when I watched it the first time. I seriously thought that it was Emil. I know someone who is married to a guy named Anil, A N I L, oh. which is why I'm confused. I also know Anil. I actually know two Neils. <laughs> <laughs> I also know two Neils. I know more than two Neils. I know several Neils. Yes, I do. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Who's but... this other Neil? <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> Uh-huh. He's a friend of my mom's. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so we see a deal. Mm-hmm. Com- well, did you notice his family at the airport in Albania? He has a sister and a, like a baby sister. Uh-huh. So like oh, yeah, their yeah, family yeah. like rep- or, uh, reflects the yeah. Simpsons family. I wonder what their conversation was uh, at I, the... I do too. I wonder if it was even legitimate language <laughs> yeah yeah see that's because part of it sounded like some words were just being repeated a couple of times yeah so what we're talking about is um at the airport a deal and his family are talking to one another but we don't really there's no subtitles so we don't know what they're actually saying we mm-hmm. just kind of assume based on their you know their interactions and their body language in the situation yeah i think that's called context um, context clues as to <laughs> as to what they're actually talking about. Well, what I mean is like, or is he saying like, "Do your country proud"? You're right. Do- yeah. You're doing. You're you know. You're doing a great service. You're or, a brave boy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, bring down the American right. government or and, well, or what well, have you. Spoilers, but um. So he gets on the plane. He comes. He flies into Springfield, and he gets off that plane, mm-hmm. and he is. Just as sweet as pie. Yeah, we see a little parallel here between uh, uh, Adil and Bart when he is confronted by Mrs. Skinner earlier in the uh, in the, earlier in the show. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Skinner, or Mrs. Skinner is like, uh, he seems very sweet. Mm-hmm. I am, ma'am. And Adil gets off the plane and he is sweet mm-hmm. right away. Yep. He literally kisses Homer. He does. And yep. he calls mother. Or he calls mother. He calls Marge mom. Mm-hmm. And then he calls dad. Or... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Batting uh, a thousand over there. That break, man, really did me in. Uh, he calls Homer dad, and then uh-huh. he introduces himself to Lisa and Maggie, mm-hmm. and it's all very cute. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so uh, Bart is getting worked very hard over at Chateau Maison, uh, and uh, Adil is ingratiating himself to the Simpsons. Exactly. Yeah. And he, uh, while Bart is working over at Chateau Maison, uh, they show him how to pluck the grapes, to harvest a grape yeah. and put it into the bucket. And while Bart is uh, harvesting a million grapes, he tries to eat one. And I wrote this down. I said, Bart, don't eat that grape. Yeah. <laughs> don't eat that grape. That's a gross grape. <laughs> Wine grapes are not table grapes. Right. Uh, and... Um, Anyway, it doesn't matter because he gets it smacked out of the back of from the back of his head by the tall Frenchman, uh, not Cesar, but the other one. Ugolin. 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 How how do you say that? I have no idea. He introduces him mm-hmm. in the episode. 
Oh, he does? Mm-hmm. Oh. He says, I'm Cesar. This is my nephew, Ugolin. Oh. The mule's name is Maurice, which is a lot <laughs> yes, easier sir. to remember and say. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Is that, a, I wonder if that's, hey, are you, hey, listener, do you, do you know, is that like, is that like a legitimate French name, Ugolin? I, I've never heard it before. And I'm 0.02 French. <laughs> what? Caitlin is very surprised by something. Oh. Mm. What? There's like there's a guy named. <laughs> Get ready for this, Ugolin della Gerardesca. Okay. But he's Italian. <laughs> oh. he, but he also lived in um the 13th century. So mm-hmm. who knows? His name was Ugolin, but. You know, I just thought about something. Yes. They don't ever say that he's going to Paris. They they just say he's going to France. So he might not have flown into uh, the Paris airport at all. He there, could have no, flown. no, no. There is a there is a. I think there's a screen card that says Paris, France. Oh, does it? Yes. Uh, oh, that's right. Because he flies. They fly right by the Eiffel Tower. Right. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, apparently, Ugolin is a character in Dante's Inferno. Count Ugolino. Oh. Ugolino de la Guerra. Okay. Okay. Oh. That's Ugolino. I'm just looking for Ugoline. Well, um, I mean, I think that, that I think that more or less answers the question. I mean, after all, they are neighbors. Correct. So, anyways, all that to say is that yes, yes, it is a, a actual name. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you Google it, you get <laughs> I what he, you get the the Simpsons character. <laughs> what does he? What does he? What does he say? Uh, who 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 is Ugolino in Dante's Inferno? Hold on. Where is he? Oh, what circle is he in? I don't know, Robert. Well, you're the one that brought it up. I know. Um, I knew I was taking a chance when I mentioned that. Oh, did you? Well, it doesn't really matter. He was a real it, person, but then also in Dante's Inferno. Count Ugolino, well, yeah, that, Ugolino de la Gerardesca was a medieval Italian nobleman of Pisa accused mm-hmm. of treason and locked in the tower with his sons and grandsons to starve to death. Oh, is he in the, uh, is he in Cassitis in the bottom circle? Hold on, if, I have to click through <laughs> to the article. If, he, if he's because you're so goddamn curious. Yeah, I'm, if he, well, if he's if he's known as a traitor, then he had to be. He must have been down in the bottom circle because that's where traitors are. He was made famous as one of the damned souls in Dante's poem, The Inferno. Uh-huh. Dante leaves unclear the ghoulish question of whether or not Ugolino ate his offspring's corpses, which would have appealed to Fuseli's dark imagination. Mm-hmm. <sighs> ate, his, ate, his, ate his son's his children's corpses is that what you said yes yeah that would have been very uh very uh chronos of him very roman of him sure uh i don't know tbd <laughs> <laughs> tbd which circle of hell ugolino's in oh okay but he's there nonetheless he is he is based on a real person well you know who else is a traitor a deal is a traitor. A deal is because a traitor. He, little be, shit. Because he, uh, he, though he is performing the duties of his home government, his home home government's desires, he has betrayed the trust of the Simpsons and asks Homer if he can go to the nuclear power plant with him. So the first time we watch this and like Homer's tucking him in, he's uh-huh. like, oh, pop, oh, father, can I please go to the, the nuclear plant with you? Uh-huh. I was like, this kid's a spy. <laughs> this kid's a spy like so think about it this episode aired in 1990 uh-huh when was the cold war war 
like the 80s. Mm-hmm. When did the Berlin Wall come down? 1989. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Adil's name is based off of the communist dictators in Albania. <laughs> oh, at well, the time. There you go. So, uh, just to kind of um, fill you in, I did not pick up on this as we were watching it. Please oh, yeah. don't think I'm that smart. Um, Adil's surname, Hoxha is likely a reference to the Albanian dictator Enver Hoxha, oh, who was well, like yeah. uh, many yeah. communist dictators known for a combination of paranoia, outlandish behavior, and his efforts to keep his country isolated from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his first name is taken from another leader of Albania around this time. Um, I'm on the incorrect Simpsons wiki page to read that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I think that the spy paranoia that, you know, well, I guess paranoia doesn't really invade this episode, but like spying and communist countries and all that kind of stuff was much more front of mind than it is right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As we're watching this. Yeah. It really it did not really enter my mind of uh, exactly. the notions of the cold war and right. all that. As we were watching through this, I was just thinking about how much I thought I was going to hate this episode. <laughs> well. uh, uh, but that being said, uh, Will be something that we do have. Also, uh, another uh, through line of the first season is someone spying anyway, someone using a spying device because right. uh, Adil is walking through the power plant with Homer. Yeah, Homer is just thrilled that Adil wants to go to work with him. In fact, mm-hmm. he says, none of my biological children ever want to see me at work, mm-hmm. which is not true because in Homer's Odyssey, Bart comes on a field trip to the nuclear power plant to see him that's at right work. yeah but um anyway he's just as pleased as punch that adil is interested in his profession mm-hmm. and when they're walking around the power plant and adil is taking pictures left and right does not face homer one bit in fact he poses for photos at one point in front of a top secret sign <laughs> yeah yes he does and, and not only poses for photos he is in a he's in a, a nuclear protective suit and takes yeah. the head off of it so that you can plainly see him exactly uh, in those uh, in those photos uh which i thought for sure was going to uh play out later in the episode and didn't right uh, uh, the yeah. fact that homer was in the picture i mean right and, and um also um at this point it's pretty clear that that homer likes a deal a little bit more than he likes bart oh yeah you better believe it's uh, yeah. it, it's coming to to that because uh they eventually cut to homer and marge lying in bed and whose picture is above them in the bedroom now <laughs> a deal it's a deal yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, something else that happens while they're touring the, the power plant mm-hmm. is that Adil is like, I would like to see your plutonium isolation module, please. Yeah. And that, yeah, again, it's just like, Homer is just like, derper, derper, derp. Of course you can. Uh-huh. I'm and, so glad you're interested. And of course has to go ask Lenny if we have one of those plutonium yeah. isolation de- dealies. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good gag because Homer uh, Lenny goes, yeah, in Sector 12. And he says... Sector what? And he's like, third floor by the candy machine. And of course, Homer knows exactly where that yeah. is. Yeah. Anyway, we uh, moving along, we are getting to, uh, we actually are getting kind of close to the end of the episode. Bart is back in France. He's not eating much or very well. He receives a letter from Marge who says, I don't know why you're writing. I assume you're having lots of fun. Yeah, and they make reference it, to 
Uh, go ahead. Well, he he's also been forced to stomp grapes at this point. Yeah. And we see him stomping the grapes, and he's going, I hate France. I hate France. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, on the Simpsons wiki, if you take a look, the picture that's at the top of the page uh, on the wiki is Bart stomping the grapes, but he's very clearly not wearing any clothes in that picture, though in the in the show, episode, he in the episode, is. he is. Yeah. So I'm. I wonder. Uh, I wonder what that's about. But uh, either way. Moving along, Bart is reading his letter from Marge, and she makes reference to something in this moment that would become a full-on running gag throughout the series. She says uh, that Maggie is going to say her first word any day now. I did not know that. I just thought that was something that Bart was sad that he was missing. Yeah, nope, nope. That's going to be uh, Maggie's first word, uh, and uh, and her almost talking uh, will become... And will become a full-on theme. Oh, okay. It'll get its own episode at one point. I did not know that. Yeah, that's going to be a long way in the future. Okay. Uh, but that being said, that uh, that is more or less introduced here in this moment, uh, outright spoken of here in this moment, which was not spoken of at all. It was all in a letter. Yep. Uh, but uh, the two Frenchmen, uh, in an effort to... Uh, uh, make the wine go a little bit farther, uh, and also to speed along the process of producing said wine, which of course is a years long process. It's only been fermenting for three days. One yeah. says to the other, uh, uh, Cesar decides that he's going to add, well, I don't know where this came from or why. Oh, I do. Oh, you do? Because I read the wiki. <laughs> uh, well. All right. So, excuse me. Cesar tells Ugolin that they they, um, need to get some antifreeze mm-hmm. to, to excuse me uh, again, again sorry beer uh to make the wine okay after fermenting for only three days uh-huh. apparently this is based off of an actual real life scandal oh shit really which happened in 1985 uh-huh. the year of my birth uh the year after your birth uh-huh. um he robbed the cradle, everybody. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> so uh, apparently there were several wineries in Austria at this time, or in 1985, that illegally adulterated their wines using the top toxic substance diethylene glycol, which is a major ingredient in antifreeze, mm-hmm. to make their wines appear sweeter and more full-bodied. Whoa, that's yeah. weird. I have heard the antifreeze tastes sweet. Yeah, so... Um, a lot of them were exported to West Germany, uh-huh. and then sometimes they were blended with other wines. So apparently, it was a pretty big deal in the in the mid eighties. Yeah, of this. that's so weird. I have a distinct memory of my uncle talking about uh, being careful around antifreeze because antifreeze tastes sweet. Like he said, antifreeze yeah, tastes sweet. Yeah, and it's and it's he a, obviously hadn't drank it. Like, if you have a antifreeze leak, like it's like a big deal. You got to make sure your dogs don't get near it because dogs will eat antifreeze. Yeah. Oh, so man. there you go. Uh, there's your answer, Fishbowl. There it there it is. Wow. I, there you go. I, yeah, I had no I, idea. I no had idea. no idea about that either. But um, thank you, Simpsons Fandom Wiki, for pointing us in the correct direction of uh-huh. where that came from. So anyways, they're putting antifreeze into this wine, and Bart is standing out in the rain and sees them doing so. And they shoo him away, but then Cesar has... A They're better like, idea. Oh no no! Hey, he's a test subject. Yeah, I got to test and see if this is you know if this is really gonna kill somebody. So he makes Bart drink it and s- turns and says uh, says to oh, what's his name? Ugolin. 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 I have no idea if I'm pronouncing it. <laughs> uh, he says, um, 
he says, look, see, it didn't even make him blind. Yeah, he and like so, he like moves his finger around and Bart's eyes follow his finger. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, he's he's good. So Cesar orders Ugolin then to go and get a case of antifreeze. And Ugolin says, hey, it's raining. I don't want to. So and they, so send, they Bart. send Bart. That's right. Which So they must not be very far from Paris because... It looks like Bart goes to Paris. Also, he goes he goes to Rue Voltaire. So Rue Voltaire uh, or Voltaire Street. Rue Voltaire, yes. Um, And then we see a man who is on the puzzle. Ugolin and Cesar are also on the puzzle, but we see another man that was on the puzzle. The police guy man. The police officer. The police guy man. The police guy man. (laughs) Uh huh. That's right. Uh, A a Paris policeman uh, who comes up and Bart tries to in in uh, entreat him to help him, but uh, the uh, the French policeman does not speak English. Yeah. And guess what? Robert understood what the French man said. I've been taking Duolingo for <laughs> 650 days in a row in French, mostly Latin too, but uh, mostly, mostly French. French. Uh, and I understood the policeman, even though there were ner- there were not there were no subtitles. subtitles. I understood what he said. Now, I knew what he said when he said "Je suis désolé." Uh huh. Just yeah, "Je suis désolé." Uh, I'm sorry. Je ne parle pas anglais. I don't, I don't speak it's the first thing English. he says. But like, I was I was really proud of myself in yeah. that moment. Well, and then uh, in that moment, Bart gets really frustrated. He's like, oh, man. He's like, I've been in this country for a month, and I don't even understand the words. Mm -hmm. And then he starts magically speaking French. That's right. And uh, now this is alluded to. This is some more foreshadowing. Uh, This is alluded to earlier when uh, uh, it's pointed out by Marge, I think, that Bart does not speak French. And Principal Skinner says, well, a child, when they're immersed in the language, Mm -hmm. will pick it up in a matter of weeks. Indeed. You know what this reminded me of, though? This scene? It reminded me of Disney's Pocahontas. <laughs> you know why? Uh, I don't know because why. Because there's a scene in that movie where Pocahontas and John Smith are, like, looking at each other. Mm-hmm. And then I think Pocahontas, is, Pocahontas touches John Smith's lips, and then she suddenly speaks English. Wow. Yeah. And they understand each other. I thought other. you were going to say it reminded you of Pocahontas because of all the mountains in Springfield, <laughs> which we generally take to be a pretty flat place, and all the mountains in apparently Tidewater, Virginia in the yeah. 17th century. <laughs> I took a whole class on uh, cinema and history, and this was one of the movies we watched, uh-huh. and it is trash problematic throw it in the garbage <laughs> throw it in the trash throw it in the trash have you seen grandmother willow i don't know where the fuck she lives but i haven't seen her i, I no idea not real <laughs> i don't even know what that is oh okay. i've never seen pocahontas <gasps> what I we have... should watch it just for the sh- you will you're you will have a stroke because it is well doesn't she like end up with john smith in yeah that she does incorrect <laughs> uh so, in case you don't know, um, and in case you're not a scholar of early American history, Disney Pocahontas is trash. Yeah. Uh, don't pay attention to it. Pocahontas marries John Rolfe, uh, not John yes. Smith. Apparently, there is a Pocahontas 2, <laughs> but it, it apparently uh-huh. is not great. Guys, she goes to England, and mm-hmm. she dies of smallpox. It's not glamorous, as Disney would believe you. Uh, yeah, would lead you to believe it. I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. So Bart can speak French, uh, as, as we learn, and he entreats the police officer to help him. He tells him that people are putting antifreeze into the wine, and that really gets the police officer's attention. Yeah, I think we did miss on a key moment um, in which Anil, Adil, Adil, not Anil, mm-hmm. Adil, is in the treehouse. 
And we discover that Adil is, yes, he is indeed a spy for the Albanian government. Yeah. So uh, anyways, uh, Homer is inside of the house at one point. Uh, so this is after Bart runs off with a policeman. Uh, they cut to the Simpson house where Homer uh, hears uh, Sparrow, Sparrow, which mm-hmm. is uh, has been revealed as... It's his code name. Uh, his code Adil's name. code name. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Sparrow, Sparrow, we know you're in there. Homer looks out, and it looks like the police are set up in front of a Flanders' neighbor. house. Yeah, which is funny to me because he's like, "Oh yeah, what did he do?" Mm-hmm. And like up until this point, we haven't seen the adversarial relationship between Homer and Flanders. Mm-hmm. So it's like, does he really believe that like his neighbor is doing something wrong? Yeah. Um, but then come to find out they're actually it's like a full SWAT team right. situation come to find out they're not there for Flanders they're there for a deal that's right and it all goes wrong when mm-hmm. the microphone a deal is using to communicate via satellite to his I guess superiors in uh-huh. Albania um that uh he the microphone falls out the window and mm-hmm. they are like oh there he is oh there he goes yeah yep so uh in short, uh, it turns out that Adil uh, is busted and uh, Bart is a hero. He appears, by the way, on the front uh, after uh, after exposing the wine scheme. Uh, not only is he hailed as a hero in France, but he appears on the front of the French magazine Newsweek, <laughs> which is spelled N-E-W-S-W-E-E-K-W-E-E-Q-U-E. I did not yes. notice that. <laughs> uh, which is a pseudo reference to a very funny meme that says French ge- French Canadian geese go. Honk. Honk. H-O-N-Q-U-E. Yes. Uh, And so uh, Homer then asks the feds, he says, hey, you know, I guess he's going to prison or something along those lines. He says, no, we've exchanged him for Mm -hmm. another spy. One of our men, I think is what he says. Which is another like 10 year old kid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another another Simpsons meta reference, I think, because I definitely got Bart vibes off of that American kid. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. His, yep. his hair is not as spiky, but he's, yeah. And then Adil turns to uh, say goodbye to the Simpsons. <laughs> and you think he's going to turn and be like, I'm so sorry for all of this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he turns around and he goes, goodbye, Simpsons. I hope this doesn't spoil you on the exchange program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then off he goes and in comes Bart. Bart. That's right. Again, with a grocery bag that has a French baguette in it. Yeah, yep, yep. He comes out. He's wearing a <laughs> he's wearing a beret. He's got two bags full of gifts. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but as uh, uh, as they're all saying hello to each other, uh, Lisa says he brought gifts. Yeah, his first unselfish act. <laughs> oh, she says that. Yeah, I did not notice yeah. that, but. I, I did notice her saying he brought gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, it then cuts to the Simpsons interior of their house. The kitchen. Uh-huh. And they are enjoying the, the gifts. gifts. And I'm just, can I just point out real quick? I, I thought that, I thought it was kind of weird. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just because I live in 2022 uh-huh. that he would bring baguettes because that yeah. bread's going to go stale. Well, so the gifts we noticed are the gifts I noticed. Mm-hmm. He brought Lisa a little baby guillotine. Mm-hmm. He brought Homer a t-shirt. Yep. And he bought Marge a dress. A very fancy dress, a it looks like. A yeah. dress. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Which again, I think like is 90s, like, ooh, the height of fashion. Mm-hmm. Oh, a French dress. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And wine. And wine. He, he also brought Correct. wine, which Homer uh, apparently <laughs> has never opened a bottle of wine. Uh, Somebody put a cork in this. Yeah, some, <laughs> some wise guy put a cork in this. Uh, and uh, Bart says, en français, he says, um, oh, my father, what a buffoon. And... Homer's so excited that Bart can speak oh, French. Oh, my boy speaks French. And it's then so wholesome. pulls the cork out <laughs> of the bottle with his teeth. Yep. <laughs> and that's and the end of cut, the episode. Cut to uh, credits. Yeah. It, so it's it, this is not exactly like the super abrupt ending that we have come to experience throughout most of season one, I will say. Uh, but... It's, but it does return us to the status sure quo. Sure does. Yep. He brings Maggie a balloon. Maggie's holding the balloon. She's floating in the air because that's a thing that happens, apparently. Oh, I didn't even I'm notice assuming that. You didn't? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when they cut to the kitchen, they show Maggie like walking around with the balloon. And uh, then like by oh. the end, she's like floating in the air. Oh, I did not <laughs> notice. Yeah. I was looking at Marge's cool dress. Marge's cool dress, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, but... So here we are. We're at the end. Uh, this is uh, episode eleven, Crepes of Wrath. What do you think? What's your uh, what's what's the call? I liked it. Yeah, I did not hate it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the kind of the separation of of Bart from the family, mm-hmm. um, and kind of seeing him kind of out on his own. Yeah, and interacting with the world as shitty as it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not hate it. Is it my favorite? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, no. The, no it's, I, 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 I will say that even though I came into this thinking that or remembering that I absolutely hated this episode, I did not absolutely hate this episode. As a matter of fact, I'd go so far as to say that it's definitely in the top half of the season one episodes we've I'd, seen so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, uh, I, I, I don't really understand, uh, at this point at least, the reason why this would be the last episode of the of the season but uh you know maybe we exist in a time where they're not really looking to do like a finale or something well exactly well and i think i think every single episode that we have watched so far has been uh for lack of a better word very episodic Mm -hmm. because we start in the you know like we're building our story Mm -hmm. we climax Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then by the end, we're all wrapped up and ready to go for the next episode mm-hmm. to see what other hijinks are happening. Yeah. Um. So, like, that's definitely a thing now, and I think too we are we are also beginning to build links to other episodes that yeah, yeah. Um, at this point that we weren't able to do before. So don't ask me for an example because I can't think of so one. So does the top it sound like or does it feel like to you that they are intentionally building canon here? Or do you think this is just what's happening throughout the it, these just are events and things that are happening in individual episodes? I don't think the building of canon was intentional. Uh-huh. But I think canon is being built. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't think that the writers, as they were doing this, and, and as we can see kind of by the episode order, mm-hmm. um, and that's something uh, we have, uh, Robert and I have talked about as we close out seasons doing kind of a, a wrap up episode mm-hmm. to kind of like discuss the season as a whole. I, I think that, um, I, I think they're building canon without actually knowing they're building canon. 
So I kind of feel the same way. Not kind of, I do feel the same way. So my example for that right now is Maggie's first word. Uh, Just because it's at the forefront of my mind, uh, I think that what they're doing here is they are very clearly uh, and plainly, uh, you know, they've laid out that Maggie has not yet spoken. Correct. And that will, uh, as noted, although you're not fully aware of it, uh, that is is going to be a running yeah. gag for. And we should also series. say that we still have not watched any of the shorts, Correct. which is something we do intend to do. Yeah. And we should probably do that sooner rather than later, just because we're we are wrapping up season one, mm-hmm. and and that obviously the shorts obviously build towards season one. Um, but yeah, I, I canon's not canon yet. So all that is to say that I think for me this is top uh, this is top half of the first half or, or, or the first uh, top half of the top half of the first season that we have watched thus far. Yeah, and have, I would I would say it's towards maybe the bottom of that first half, but still not. Yeah, no, it's I I would not put this up there with Life on the Fast Lane mm-hmm. or Moaning Lisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's better than um, Call of the Simpsons, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it, yeah, it is. It feels more, it feels more whole mm-hmm. than a lot of those, these early episodes that we have watched so far, mm-hmm. just in the sense that you, you do have those, the, the, we're not focused solely on the family necessarily because we do have this external character that's being introduced. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit more complex than the earlier episodes that we've watched yeah I, I do i do think that that's a fair thing to say it is more complex mm-hmm. uh and that uh complexity in storyline and in humor is really just going to continue to grow uh as the series continues to yeah, grow. yeah and and um i think production order has a lot to do with how we're perceiving these things because we've talked about like, oh, this was meant to be the first episode. This is meant to be the second episode, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I think if we take these ep- these 13 episodes of season one mm-hmm. and put them in order, right. one through 13, and see how they were meant to progress versus how they actually progressed, mm-hmm. I, think we'll, I think we will see some things that we maybe did not see before. For, mm-hmm. by watching them in the order that they aired which is Maybe definitely so. definitely something i want to do for the season one wrap-up are you gonna watch all of them again i'm not gonna watch all of them again but i'm gonna put them in order and be oh, like oh okay like you know we talked about life on the fast lane and mm-hmm. homer's night out being mm-hmm. reversed from one another like how would we perceive those differently if if they had actually aired in the order in which they were produced mm-hmm. now Production code, does that actually mean that like these were meant to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? I don't know. I mean, but, it appears that that is the case, I will say, uh, because we know that this was intended to be the last episode. That's been outright stated. Exactly. And it's number and 13. And Simpsons Roasting was not meant to be the first episode. Yeah, it's number eight, right? I think so, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I haven't done that yet, but mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how that plays into, you know, reality versus perception. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, I think that's going to just about wrap us up here. We've been going for, Ooh, this is a long one. That's what she said. Sorry, everybody. Uh. I had to pee in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know what? Sometimes you just got to pee. Yeah. I we, know. Hey, we watched a, uh, we watched a, uh, 
a, a trailer, a preview for the new Jurassic Park movie earlier. So uh, I'm excited. In, in an allusion to the first Jurassic Park movie, if you got to go, you, you got to go. go. And guess what? We got to go. So, hey, if you enjoyed listening to us go back and forth and talk about this episode, we sure would appreciate it if you'd do us a kindness and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen to this. Also, if you'd be so kind as to rate us, uh, give us five stars or whatever the top rating is, we sure would appreciate that. That really helps us in the algorithm of said platform. You're also uh, most welcome to come and check us out on our social media platforms as well. We are on Facebook and on Instagram as Escalator to Nowhere Pod. And you can also find us on uh, Twitter at esc to nowhere pod. Escalator to nowhere pod was too long, so it's esc esc to nowhere pod. Uh, we want to hear from you as well. So if you'd be so kind as to send us a message, we'd love to hear what you have to say. You can reach out to us at escalator to nowhere pod at gmail.com. And we will see you next time for season one, episode 12. Krusty gets busted. Krusty gets busted. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I'm learning. And we will see you next time. Season one, episode 12, Krusty gets busted. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.